1430 and Talk 96.7 present Ask the Preacher with your host, Jonathan Freed. This is a call-in talk show where you can have your Bible questions answered. And it's sponsored by Believer's Fellowship Church. Believer's Fellowship Church is located in North Lakeland on North Socrum Loop Road. Well, hello, this is Wayne Freed. I'm John's dad. And uh, I want to talk to you today about a number of things. But if you have a question, I may or may not have the answer. I don't claim to know everything. But if you if you want to ask a question, you can call us at area code 863-682-682. 1430. You know, I've had something on my heart for a long time, and there's so much. It's like anything else in life. If you really want to be successful, you need to learn a lot about it. You can't just, like some people, pan for gold. you got to dig if you're going to try to get rich. And um, I want to talk to you about the curse of the law. It's found in Galatians 3.13. It says, Christ hath redeemed us. Now, that's past tense. He's already done it. You, you don't have to. Um, let, me, let me read it to you. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is every man that hangeth on a tree. That, that, this is verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Everything we get from God really comes by grace because you can't earn it. Salvation is a gift. <clears throat> Eternal life is a gift. Fifth chapter of Romans, verse 17, and several other scriptures in there talk about that. <clears throat> and Romans 5, 2 says that we receive the grace of God by faith. Now, faith believes God. Faith is substance. Faith is tangible. Faith is a substance. This is Hebrews 11, 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, the reason I'm starting off with faith is because the curse of the law is threefold. It's poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Now, most Christians don't even know what that is, and yet Jesus spent a tremendous amount of suffering to get those three things for us. It's kind of like a three-legged table or a three-legged stool you take one leg out, you're going down. So it's really important that we know what God has provided for us, already provided, already paid the price. We know it's his will because he already did it. He already paid for it. And we receive it by faith. And the principles of faith are the same in every area. And so it's so vitally important that we learn what faith is. Uh, faith perceives, Hebrews 11, 1, at the last part of that statement, that verse in the Amplified says, faith perceives as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Isn't that powerful? Faith believes God in spite of what it sees, hears, touches, tastes, or smells. Absolutely phenomenal. Faith will give you a backbone like a crowbar instead of a jellyfish. Faith will make you a God-man. Faith will change you from a weakling into a giant. God, 
God told Adam and Eve in Genesis uh, chapter 1 in verse 26, 27, and 28, he created man in his own image after his own likeness, and he, he told him to go and subdue the earth and take dominion, conquer it, go and take dominion. He's given us authority over the, all the creatures of the earth. And, you know, it, it's amazing how sometimes we miss these things, but when God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of 400 years of bondage, he brought them into the land of Canaan, and he said, I have given you the land of plenty. And he said, go in and possess the land. What they didn't seem to realize was, in order to possess the land, you had to fight the giants, you had to fight the bees, you had to milk the cows. It didn't fall on them like ripe cherries off a tree, and yet God told them to go and possess it. He said it was theirs. He gave it to them. And there's still a fight because there's a fight to faith. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. And the word for eternal life in the Greek is zoe. It's translated abundant life. In John 10.10, it's translated eternal life. Um, For God so loved the world, and he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Uh, it's, uh, it's, It's called just life, the life of God in 1 John 5.12. To have the life of God, we receive that by faith. And then with that faith, we take hold of what God has told us belongs to us. The curse of the law is found in Deuteronomy chapter 28. The first 15 verses are positive, And after that, I think there's 68 verses in that chapter. Uh, so the rest of those are all curses. <clears throat> God wants to bless you. And he wants to bless you threefold. Um, we find over in the New Testament, 3 John verse 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. He starts with prosperity. Isn't that amazing? And, you know, uh, Romans eight thirty two says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him Freely give us all things. You know, Psalm 35, 27, it says that God delights in the prosperity of his servants. And uh, where is it? Uh, Psalm 34, 9 and 10, the young lions do uh, hunger and, and do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want or lack any good thing. God loves you and he wants to bless you. But you have to take it by faith and speak it (laughs) and believe it in your heart. Faith comes in two halves, in your mouth and in your heart, Romans 10.10. I'm going to come back in just a minute. We'll go over this a little bit more. It's so vitally important to your Christian life. But um, this is Wayne Freed with Ask the Preacher. And we'll be right back right after these words. Welcome back to Ask the Preacher, a call-in talk show where you can have your Bible questions answered with Jonathan Freed. This program is sponsored by Believer's Fellowship Church. Welcome back. This is John's dad. This is Wayne Freed, also from Believer's Fellowship Word of Faith Church. I was talking to you earlier about being redeemed from the curse of the law. 
Now, that's Galatians 3.13. Christ has already done that for us. He's already paid for our salvation. But like Jonathan, my son, often says, a, a gift given is not necessarily a gift received. Now, what does that mean? Well, it, it means like John 3.16, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God, God wants to bless you, but you must receive the gift. He's already given it. He's already paid for it. But if you don't receive it, you'll be lost and go to hell. According to Matthew uh, chapter 5 and, and uh, verses 13 and 14, sometimes they get that mixed up with chapter 7. Uh, but he says, straight is the gate and narrows the way. Few there be that find it. Because broad is the way and, and wide is the gate that leadeth unto destruction. And many there be that go in thereat. If you, if you uh, look that word up in the Greek and so forth, study it through, more people by far are going to hell than are going to heaven. And so don't, don't, don't say, well, Jesus died for me. It's, it's more than that. You must receive the gift. You must receive the gift and be born again in order to take advantage of it. And, you know, we were talking about the, um, the curse of the law is threefold. Now, it's so difficult to go through all this information because when I start talking about that, oh, all these things I got to tell you. And I, and I start on one and then I think of another. But let me try to summarize a little bit, tell you where I want to take you before I take you there. The curse of the law is threefold, like a stool with three legs. You, you have to have all three functioning in your life to be truly successful. Okay, so... One is poverty. Poverty, you know, Brother Hagin used to put it this way. Rich is more than enough. Poor or poverty is less than enough. Now, you know, that's pretty simple. I don't know why, but Christians fight me on this all the time. Well, the love of money is the root of all evil. Well, then don't love money. But everybody uses money. You see, it's, it's, people overreact. And they swing so far to the other direction, they get into error there. Truth taken to extreme becomes error. It's covetousness that is wrong. And Jesus said in Matthew 7, 21, um, that uh, you know a tree by its fruit. And then he says, uh, where your treasure is, there shall your heart be also. So where is your treasure? Is your treasure in the kingdom of God? Does God come first? In, in Proverbs 3, uh, 9 and 10, it says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst forth with new wine. If you put God first, he'll bless your life. Now, now, one reason I'm saying this is because the number one reason most Christians aren't blessed financially and other ways, too, is because it's, they're not sure it's God's will for them to be blessed. And, and I'll talk about that, Lord willing, more. But, but keep that in mind. You can't have faith for something unless you know God wants you to have it. Well, if he's already paid for something, you know he wants you to have it. And the curse of the law, he's already taken care of it. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. So if you'll study and find out what the curse of the law is, and, and Lord willing, I'm going to get into... Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28, and we'll look at that in a little bit. But the curse of the law 
is found in Deuteronomy 28, also Leviticus 26. But but the the, the chapter 28, the first 15 verses, I, I, I want so much. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to read that to you. you. You'll see that God loves you so much he wants to, to, to just bless your life. And he's given us his word so that we can stay out of the ditch. You say, well, I got faith. Most Christians use their faith to bail themselves out of the ditch. Did you know that Proverbs 4, 7 says faith is, excuse me, um, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding also. So if you were walking in wisdom, you could avoid the pitfall that you end up on your back in a hospital bed, in jail, or in a divorce court, or a thousand other negative things, and you're going to now repent and believe God to get you out of there. Know that God will help you by, by being led by his Spirit. His, the Holy Spirit is your guide, your helper, and your teacher. He's your best friend. He'll keep you out of the ditch if you listen to him. You know, I was talking about God wants to bless you financially, and uh, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? That's Romans 8.32. Did you know Matthew, most people know this one, but Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and, and his righteousness. One translation says his way of doing things. And all these things will be added unto you, not taken away, but added unto you. If you've been walking with God for any amount of time, you should be in better shape, spirit, soul, and body, financially, you know, pro prosperity, uh, health-wise, and uh, the new life that's in Christ is more than just not going to hell. Being born again, being saved, is the life of God. God's abundant life, exceedingly abundantly, the Greek says, it's so good that it raises you above the circumstances of life. That doesn't mean you're not going to have troubles. It means troubles won't have you. Mm, my goodness, I get excited about this. You know, I, I can't talk about anything in the Bible without talking about faith. Because Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And listen to this. Ah, I love this. That he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, you talk about a good reason to get up and go to church. The number one reason to go to church is because Hebrews 10, 25 says to. Okay, that's the best reason, because God said go to church. You, you can give all the excuses you want to, but I come down to the bottom line that God is smarter than you and me. Okay? So if he says go to church, you should go to church. But... When, 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 you, when you go to church and, and uh, you are rewarded because he says he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If you will go to church and pay attention, go to church and listen to what's being said. I recommend that you take notes. Now, folks, I made D's and F's in, high, in, in school. Um, I won't go into all that. I, I was a real flunky. I had a lot of problems. 
Uh, I was the first one busted for pushing drugs in Polk County. Looked the cop in the eye with a gun in my belt. Told him I'd blow his stinking brand out if he didn't take some LSD. I was facing 11 felonies in those days. It was five years just for possession of marijuana. Just, just to have a joint was five years in prison. I was facing a lifetime in prison. It was, it, it, it was just, just awful. And uh, I, I had to find out if the Bible was true. Because I was reaching for a gun. I was out of jail on bond. That means I still had to go to court. I'd been in juvenile home three times before I turned 17. Judge says one more time, and I'm sending you to Mariana State Boys School. A week after I turned 17, might have been two weeks, I don't remember, but a week or two after I turned 17, I was busted again, but I could go in and out of jails. My life was in shambles. And I was reaching for a gun to blow my brains out when God stopped me with a vision. And long story short, I said, I got to find out. I knew there was a God, but I didn't know if the Bible was true. I didn't know if there was a, a real heaven and a hell and a judgment. And so I began to go to church. I rolled out of bed on my knees the next morning, lifted my hands to God and said, God, if you're really there, I knew there was a God. But I mean, if he hears me, if he's listening to me, I said, Lord, if you're there, you watch me today because I meant what I said last night. And I'm going to prove it. I'm going to quit drinking, smoking, cussing, drugs, uh, illicit sex. Everything I know is wrong. I'm going to quit it. And everything I know is right. I'm going to do it. And I said, I, I'm doing that to get your attention. I'm doing that to say I'm sincere. I can't just keep doing the way I've been doing and be sincerely calling out for God to prove to me that his word is true. So I started going to church. Long story short, I got saved on a Harley Davidson Sportster and Jesus changed my life. And I pastored Believer's Fellowship Word of Faith Church for 40 years, my wife and I, plus a couple of other places we pastored and so forth. And Jonathan's been pastoring it there for five years. I'm telling you, God's a good God and his word is true, but you got to walk according to the word. That's what keeps you out of the ditch. I started doing what the Bible said, whether I liked it. My flesh doesn't like it. Nobody's flesh likes to do what the Spirit wants to do because the flesh in uh, Galatians 5.16, the flesh lusted against the Spirit, and the Spirit lusted against the flesh, and these two are contrary one to the other so that you can't do the things that you would. Proverbs 3.24 tells us that if you don't discipline your children, you hate your son. But he that loveth him, chasteneth him, be time. He that not spares the rod, but but doesn't use the rod to correct his son, is not teaching him how to follow his spirit, but just to let the flesh dominate. And Romans 8.13 says, if you live after the flesh, you will die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Verse 14, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And verse 12 said, brethren, we got to take a break here. You're listening to Ask the preacher, the number of the studios, area code 863-682-1430, and we'll be right back right after these words. You're listening to Ask the Preacher with Jonathan Freed, a call-in talk show where you can have your Bible questions answered. It's sponsored by Believers Fellowship Church. Well, this is Wayne Freeze standing in for Jonathan, and just before we took the break, we were talking about God being smarter than you and smarter than me, and uh, we talked about Proverbs 4, 7, that uh, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding also. Psalm 111, 11, which there is no search for such verse. What did I say? Psalm 111, 11. Now, why did I do that? Because you can remember Psalm 111, 11. It's one thing, this one thing, this one thing. This one thing, this one, th just one, all the way through, and then back up one, and it's verse 10. And it says that understanding comes by being a doer of the word. When you look behind you and you see what you've been doing, you say, oh, now I understand. You see, if we do what God says, 
it will keep us out of the ditch, and we won't have to use our faith to bail us out of the ditch all the time. And God said in Hebrews 10.25 to go to church. A lot of people aren't going to church now since COVID came and all that mess, but, but now they've gotten used to staying out. But I want to tell you, if God said go to church, he's smarter than you and I, and we should go. And then I said, when you go, you should maybe take an ink pen. And then I got off on my testimony. And I tell you the reason why. I never was a sharpest knife in the drawer. And I didn't get it the first time. I needed to write it down. And I never could take notes. I just wasn't one of those people. I see people sit down with a, uh, with a pad and pencil and, and go through the church service writing almost everything. Now, I could not even even attempt it. But here's what I did find. If I write down the things that prick my heart and take it home with me and look it over later, it just seems to just get inside of me. So you don't have to write down everything the preacher says. Just write down the things that really, really touch your heart. And you'll find that the more you learn about anything, in this case the Bible, the more you will understand. And I said um, that God wants to bless you. We've been talking about Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. And uh, I said everything that you get from everything that you get from God, you get by grace through faith. And I have eight things I want to give you here on faith, but we have a caller on the line. So let me take this caller real quick. Hello, Hello Pastor. Uh-huh. Uh huh. James from Auburndale. Hey, James. How you doing? Long uh, time, long time. Yep. Uh, talk about something that I was interested about, uh, things about the Bible. Well, the different interpretations of the Bible is what I'm concerned about. Uh, one time I was watching Jeopardy, where the, one of the questions that was asked was, basically, uh, Moses said to Pharaoh, and the lady quickly said, set my people free. She was wrong. It's that my people go. But in her Bible, it states, set my people free, which means she argued about it, but she's still lost. Now, my question would be then, her interpretation of the Bible was correct, but it was incorrect, knowing that everyone knows that it means, you know, that my people go is what the true answer is, but her answer was correct in her Bible. Now, my question would be then, which Bible is correct in using when you're in church? Well, James, I'll tell you what, really and truly. Now, I've been a Christian going on 54 years, and I've been out there ever since I got saved. I came, got saved going to Tampa, came back preaching on a motorcycle, you know, all that. So I've had a lot of experiences in a lot of areas and most of the time, the things that we're concerned about are just not that important. I know that when I am reading my Bible, I will stop and spend 15 or 20 minutes doing research on a verse, and I come back and start reading again, and the very next verse told me everything I did my research on. I just, I just needed to keep reading, and then it all falls together. You know, like um, most of the things that we struggle over— they're, they're kind of like straining at a gnat and swallowing a camel. If we will just do what we know to do and avoid what we know is wrong, it seems like we'll just say, oh, oh, I got it now. And, you know, most of the Christians that I know that are mature, and, and I mean, you know, you can't be mature in two weeks. It just, it just takes a long time to go through the sufferings and, and overcome and get the victories and, and all the... But, 
when when I find people who have really been uh, the, down the dusty road and they and they they have peace now and they seem to know where they've been, where they're at, where they're going, it's working for them, their success in their life. Uh, most of those people agree on almost everything. It's the most amazing thing. It doesn't matter where they go to church or what translation they use. They, they seem to have a mature understanding of the mind and purposes of God. Right. Well, I'm trying to say is the, I understood what the woman said when she said, set my people free. I, I, I understand completely what she meant, but it was not the correct answer because it was not, they were not using the, you know, whatever version uses, you know, let my people go, like the King James Version or whatever. It was just a point that, as a theological viewpoint, we do want to study the Scriptures so that we will be as accurate to the correct answer, so we can be able to answer the right questions when people approach us with a question. That's why I was bringing up that, that point of view, that's all. Well, you always have to go back to the original language, Old Testament and Hebrew, almost all of it, and uh, New Testament and Greek. And so, and today, with our telephones and stuff, I can go, I can pull up the original word in a heartbeat, you know. And I, I just think that most of the time, just keep reading, you know, uh, whether whether she was right or wrong about that. My wife, she always, she tells, she quotes that scripture all the time. She says, let my people go, you know, and what she means is you're preaching too long. <laughs> but but she really she really has it down, you know. Uh, well, thanks for taking my call. I just want to you know say that as far as translations and things, I always want to understand what is the closest translation to what the the word of God is, and so usually you have to go back to the Hebrew or the Greek. You know what I found? I like the King James. Always have. But uh, the Amplified is a good Bible. But when when um, the when the King James is unclear, the others usually are too. They're making up words or putting them in italics and all that. So if you're reading it in the King James and you can't figure out what it says, um, search it out in the original language. But then if, if you get confused over an issue, just keep going. You know, like, let me tell you something. There's a lot of times people will try to prove that God doesn't do healing anymore, miracles and all that. Uh, when they say healing's passed away, I say, well, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that at all. Just put that on the shelf. Don't, don't worry about that. Just, just forget about all that. Let's just go over to something like um, um, uh, Mark 9, 23. All things are possible to him that believeth. Or... Matthew 7, 7, ask and it'll be given you, seek and you'll find, knock and it'll be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, he that seeketh findeth, and he that knocketh, it shall be opened unto him. And so it overrides the verse, was there a day of miracles? Is Jesus the healer? Does, did, did healing pass away? I say, don't worry about that. Just operate in faith. Understood. Thank you for taking my call. All right, James. Bless you. Okay, we were talking about faith, and I, and I just want to come back. And uh, i got a couple of minutes here. I want to tell you why, when I'm talking about the curse of the law, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. He became, listen to this now, he became poor so that we could be rich. I can come back to this later, but that's 2 Corinthians 8 9. I read my Bible, I don't know how many times before I ever saw that. Dan Bean preached that, and it just about floored me. Jesus became poor so we could be rich. That's exactly right. And then he became sick so that we could become well, and he became sin so we could become righteous. 
and that one, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, and he became sick so we could become well, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, Matthew 8, 17, 1 Peter 2, 24, and I gave you the 8, 2 Corinthians 8, 9, 4, he became poor so that we could be rich. Now, let me come over real quick. I want to talk to you about why we talk about faith so much, because it's like a three-legged stool in order to get the, the victory in life over poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Remember, Third John verse 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. You have to know God wants you to have it before you can have faith to receive it. Faith is very important subject, and here's why. Number one, you can't get saved without it. Ephesians 2.8, by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. When I say a gift of God, it does. It is, but it comes from Romans 10.17. It comes through meditating in the Word. Number two, you can't live for God without it, because Romans 1.17 says the just shall live by faith. Number three, you can't walk with the Christian walk without it, because 2 Corinthians 5.7 says we walk by faith, and not by sight. Number four, you can't fight the Christian fight without it because 1 Timothy 6.12 says fight the good fight of faith. Number five, you can't be an overcoming Christian without it because 1 John 5.4 says this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Number six, you can't be sanctified without it because Acts 26.18 says we're sanctified by faith in his word. Now, number seven, you can't please God without it. Hebrews 11.6, without faith it's impossible to please him. For first you must believe that he is. And thank God he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Number eight, you can't receive the grace of God without it. Romans 5, 2, faith gives us access to that grace. Going to take a little break. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. We'll be right back right after these words. Welcome back to Ask the Preacher a call-in talk show where you can have your Bible questions answered with Jonathan Freed. This program is sponsored by Believer's Fellowship Church. Well, this is Jonathan's dad, Wayne Freed, standing in for him. We've been talking about being redeemed from the curse of the law. Galatians 3.13, Christ hath, past tense, that's King James, hath delivered us, redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. He became a curse so that we wouldn't. He took our place. And um, did you know, oh, I do this sometimes and get me off track a little bit, but Jeremiah uh, chapter 17 and, and verse 5 tells us if we put our trust in the arm of flesh, we're cursed. So I want you to think about that. God wants us to have faith in him. He wants us to trust him. I want to talk to you uh, a, a little bit more Concerning this, mm, I have a, kind of like a story, a personal life story I want to tell you. But um, I, I want to tell you, you got to really study stuff to get to the depths of it. Um, first time I shot an AR-15, a friend helped me. And I'm telling you the truth. If he hadn't have been there to help me, I don't know if I could have used it. If, if I was in a situation where they were killing everybody, let's say I was in a, in a, in a place like they go into the schools or the churches and they just shoot person after person after person, and that gun was laying five feet from me, I wouldn't have known how to even uh, charge it, they call it, put one in the chamber. It's just different. I've had guns all my life, but it, it was just different. And once he showed me, it was simple. It was simple, but I... You, you need help sometimes seeing things that have been there all along. Just like the scripture I gave you in 2 Corinthians 8 9 that says, uh, and we know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that though he was poor, um, 
though, though he was rich, excuse me, though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor, that through his poverty we might be rich. You see, he became he became poor so we could be rich. He became uh, 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 sick so that we could be well. And he became sin so we could be righteous. And and I'd like to get to that in just a little bit. But uh, you, I want to encourage you to take the time to study things out. You know, you say, what are you talking about? AR-15. Did you know? It was shocking. I had a neighbor one time. I said, you know, I had guns out there in my garage. He said, you're a preacher. You got guns. I said, well, yeah. You know, Jesus said to get a gun. He said, Jesus said to get a gun. Well, not exactly. He said, get a weapon. He said, if, if in, in, in Luke uh, 22, 36. Actually, he said in, in 25, he said, did you lack anything when I sent you out? And I told you, don't take two pair of shoes. Don't take uh, two bags of purses and stuff. He said, did you like anything? They said, no, not a thing. He said, but now. So in Luke twenty-two thirty-six, he said, but now. See, things change sometimes. One time he told him, don't take anything. I'm providing everything. But now you take it with you. And he said, if you don't have a weapon, sell your garment and get one. Isn't that interesting? Did you know in Luke eleven twenty-one, he says that the strong man armed had known when the thief would break in, they wouldn't have let him. Jesus wasn't a pacifist. Did you know in Luke 12, 39, he says pretty much the same thing. If the strong man was armed and watched, he wouldn't have let him break in. And then I gave you Luke 22, 36. And then there's Matthew 24, 43. This says the same thing. If he'd have known when the thief was coming, he wouldn't have let him. All right, enough of that. Now, let's get back. You've got to know the will of God and, and in order to have faith for it. So I'm going to read you some things. See, there's a lot of things that you may not have heard just right. Uh, James was talking the other uh, a little while ago, and he was talking about what translation is right, and, and I could add to that what church is right and and uh, what viewpoint is right on, on the interpretation of so many things. Um, it's good to have somebody that can give you chapter and verse that counters some of the things you've heard all your life because it may not be so. I know in my life I'm prospering. I walk in health, and I've, I've, I've been married to the same woman for almost 51 years. I think that's pretty good. You know, if you stop and think, that's prosperity in all these three areas. The curse of the law is threefold, poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. It's like a three-legged stool. If you uh, have a lot of money, but you're in the hospital bed with tubes sticking out of you everywhere, uh, you can't do anything for God. What, what about if, you, um, if you've got money and health, but you're not born again? Well, my goodness, that's no good either. You're going to die and go to hell. What's the profit of man, if he gained the whole world, lose his own soul. And, and so all these areas are vitally important. Uh, you, you have to have all three. Now, I want to read you from Deuteronomy chapter 28 real fast. So listen quickly. It shall come to pass. If thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God and observe to do his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. That's where America was before we changed recently. Um, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God. You don't always have to be 
to get a miracle to bail you out of the ditch. Just stay out of the ditch by being a doer of the word, okay? I'm, I'm in verse 3 now, 28th chapter of Deuteronomy. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shalt thou be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy stores. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. Boy, it sounds like God likes us, huh? Verse 7, And the Lord shall cause these thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come in against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. And um, the Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses, and in all that thou settest thine hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land uh, which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee a holy people to himself, as he has sworn, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. I'm going to stop right there. I want to go back to verse 8. It says, The Lord shall, co shall command the blessing in thy storehouse. Uh, it's amazing how many people don't even have a storehouse. I heard, um, uh, I think it was Mark Levin say the other day that there's only 57%, uh, I believe it was, or he put it this way, 57% of Americans, if they needed to come up with $1,000 for some emergency, they couldn't do it. Now, isn't that a shame? We, we have a guy at our church, when he, he came, he came in off the street, kind of. I mean, he, you know, he lived, well, anyway, it was, it was, he had a rough, rough go of it, and um, he got saved, and boy, I mean, God was using him. He could play the piano, and he didn't never take a lesson. It, it was just a gift of God. It, he was just doing so good, and I was so proud of him. And uh, he walked off the platform one day, and I got up off the front row and walked over to him. I had a $20 bill flipping in my wind in my hand. You know, I wanted him to see it. And um, I, I stopped him, and I said, um, Brother, I wanted to give you this to put in your, your, your storehouse account, your clothing account, your clothing account. And um, he didn't re respond too much to that. So I said, you do have a clothing account, don't you? And he said, um, um, well, um, no. And so I said, oh, oh. And I took the $20 bill and stuck it back in my pocket. You should have seen the look on his face. It, I just made my point. He, he said, but I'm going to start one. Oh, I said, well, here, put this in it. <laughs> Folks, how can God bless your storehouse if you don't have one. Well, what's a storehouse? A barn? Well, not not today. Most people won't have a barn, but you have a, 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 a an account at the bank, or you could put an envelope, you know, and put money in it. You have to have a place you, where there's no vision. The people perish or cast off restraint, you see. You have to have a purpose, a goal, a vision. Proverbs 29, 18, where there's no vision. no, no You have to be going for something. If you're working out with weights, and you're trying to, to build muscle and trim your waist and you want to look good and healthy and all that. And then you sit down and have a, a, a nice big meal and they say, would you like some dessert? And you say, well, I'll just have a small piece. Why? Why a small piece? Because you got a vision. If you didn't have a vision, you'd say, yes. I, I was at a house the other day and they said, we've got two kinds of desserts. Which one do you want? And I said, yes. Thank you. <laughs> in other words, both of them. Um, but get that, get that now. You need to have an envelope that says car count. 
You need to have an envelope that says close account. You need to have something and say, Lord, I want it. Or otherwise, when he sends the money in, you'll spend it on pizza instead of putting it in that envelope. God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. He loves you. And the number one reason that most Christians don't have hardly anything is because they are not convinced that the Lord wants them to have it. You need to know. And the way you find that out is by reading the Bible. Did you know that the Bible mentions money 2,085 times? That's more than love. Faith, heaven, and hell all combine. Larry Burkett said that a long time ago. Now, 2,085 times, God's interested in money because your money represents your life. Remember, I said earlier in uh, Matthew 7, 21, Jesus said where your money is, where your treasure is, I should say. That's what he said. Where your treasure is. There shall your heart be also. So I could look at your checkbook or your computer or however you're handling your finances and show me where you put your money, and I can show you where your heart is. Jesus said you can judge people. You want? He said, no, no, don't judge. Well, there again, last verse or so of the second chapter of 1 Corinthians and uh, uh, Matthew 7, 1. And anyway, he, he said, let, a spiritual man judges all things, okay? You can judge where a person's heart is by where they put their money. So, Proverbs 3, 8, 9, give God your first fruit. And we'll talk more about this, Lord willing, at a future date. Have a great weekend.